Hello and welcome to Unplay Tested, the podcast about RPGs that have never been played before. Because they never existed before. I'm Alex and my pronouns are he, him. And I'm Lara, I use she, her pronouns. And we are going to make a game not based on a ludicrous suggestion chosen at random, because <gasps> we're not doing Unplaytested today. We are doing this idea no. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse that later. So I'm saying it in reverse, because this is reverse unplaytested. For the very first time, we are doing, I guess what you would call a live game design consultation uh, <laughs> with a very cool uh, game designer friend of ours, Lucas Valenza. Uh, Lucas, would you like to introduce yourself and let us know the concept that we are going to be uh, spinning into gold for you? <laughs> Hello, I'm Lucas Valenza, as we just got introduced to. And yeah, I'm an um, internet game design person. You can find me at V for Valenza on itch, itch.io and uh, Twitter. That's such a good name. I love that. That yeah. is very good. Thank you. So the concept I came to to Alex with was basically just a title. Mm-hmm. Because I do a lot of things where you design from title and then figure out the game from there. Nice. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. And so what I had come up with was um Cyber Castle Digital Dracula. <clears throat> oh, that's so good. I got I got a knack for th- these kinds of things. Cyber Castle Digital, Digital Dracula. Dracula. If I can uh unpack some of the some of the stuff by all means. So I got to to thinking about games what with vampires with the um recent buzz around the the new Resident Evil game, Resident Evil mm. Village. Everyone's favorite giant mommy, Lady Dimitrisk. Yeah, giant mommy vampire lady. And um because because I'm a weirdo interested in weird, like obscured, not great video games. Uh-huh. When I saw uh resident evil what with vampires what i went to was the um the uh vampire hunter d video game for the ps1 what there was a video game yes yeah yeah so i assume you guys are familiar with vampire hunter d only in the vaguest of of broad generalities He's got a a mouth, a little face in his hand. Yeah. He does the sword move where you jump and then just swing directly down to cut uh-huh. someone in half, like about 50% of the moves he does. Uh-huh. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, but feel free to go into what you love about it. So very much that. It weird weird fiction. Um uh for those who don't know who may be listening. Vampire Hunter D is like a long-running Japanese series. Like, started off as like a light novel series. Um, I'm blanking on the author's name at this very moment. Yeah, I don't know either. I've only seen the movie, so I'm not like deep into it. Yeah, most people have because that was the thing that hit big in the Anglosphere. Mm -hmm. Like long, lots of books and like various adaptations. Uh, Hideyuki Kikuchi is the original author. 
and like all the designs and illustrations in the from the original books were Yoshitaka Amano, the guy who did the original Final Fantasy art. Oh. Yeah. It's got a lot of like I'm remembering like a sort of a gothic cathedral slash spaceship? Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. In Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, at the end of the movie, they go into the vampire castle that's also a vampire spaceship. There we go. That's amazing. Yeah, it, this this shit rules. There's like a bad guy who can pop out of people's shadows and then stab you in the shadow when you die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool, good anime shit. And so so this PS1 game is like real late era PS1 game meant to tie in with uh the movie Bloodlust. It's the expanded like third act of the movie cuz like in the movie, mm-hmm. they get to the castle and shit is just popping off. <laughs> In the game, they get to the castle and it's a Resident Evil game. Oh, okay. like an entire Resident Evil game of just like wandering around this big, evil, spooky vampire house. Nice. And like that, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in that game that if you want to look it up, it. I think it's a pretty cool looking game. It like does a lot with the like cyber gothic aesthetic. Like the movie is mostly mostly like gothic sci-fi or like gothic with like some like tech elements. Oh yeah, I'm seeing they got like a like a tank. You got glowing cool walls. Yeah, like and the the game goes into more like weird cyber lab and stuff that like isn't really in the movie, but like but should have been because cyber labs are amazing. So so thinking about uh vampire games got me thinking of that. Mm-hmm. It also put me in in like a headspace of like dungeon crawls just as a game institution. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in in the tabletop sense, I'm kind of inexperienced with dungeon crawls. We're in, like, that style of, like, adventure. Like, that wasn't what I, like, really got into playing with friends. It hasn't been in, like, my personal work. Right. But... I got big feelings about dungeons and dungeon crawls from the the video game. Yeah, it looks like there's lots of lots of corridors and the occasional, you know, cool boss mm-hmm. fight and yeah. stuff. And like I think the Resident Evil games are kind of like underrated in discussions of dungeons. Mm-hmm. Like it it's the it's the big spooky house and you and you fight the 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 monsters and such but like those classic games have just such intri- intricately designed like levels and like the the spooky house the the evil residents as it were <laughs> <laughs> right like are are like incredible pieces of design in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah i definitely still remember playing through resident evil 4 and like I can still remember the layout of oh, some yeah. of the, like, oh, this is, like, the big room with lots of, like, water, and then there's, like, guys coming at you from the side, oh, and there's yeah. guys coming at you from the front, they're making a little shield wall, and then there's other, like, little archers shooting at you, like, 
the the nice like intricate tactical setups mm-hmm. of each room being a little combat puzzle you need to solve. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what room you're talking about. And then the regenerating assholes that you just fire bullets at and cry. Right. <laughs> yeah. You hope and you pray and you fire and then eventually they die. And then the game takes pity on you and stops spawning some of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) So what uh, what like level of crunch are you thinking about for this game? Like, do you want it to be very like, okay, you're going to have like different player classes and you're going to be, you know, having progression are we going to be having like detailed combat moves you can do like fourth edition or something where you're like okay here's how you like slide people around the battlefield what sort of what sort of like level of dungeon crawler are you thinking because the other end you can take i guess is uh the treasure at the end of this dungeon is an escape from this dungeon and we will never escape from this dungeon by taylor Lebrecht, where you're Mm -hmm. like technically doing a dungeon crawl but sort of by way of like a weird beautiful surreal fever dream where like a lot of the mechanics are you know beautiful metaphors and anytime you try to do violence against someone unbidden it automatically turns out poorly for you but you're still in a dungeon you're still crawling i think i i want a a decent amount of crunch i'm not i don't know about progression i don't have any Mm -hmm. strong feelings on it right now cool but i feel like a pivotal aspect of the dungeon crawl to me and the way i'm thinking about this is like you have make decisions to to not die in this evil spooky house mhm mhm that is that is trying to kill you nice yeah death is on the table yeah i think like that is an important part to me of like of what makes a dungeon a dungeon like it it's a space that is actively hostile to you cool like for whatever reason in this case i guess because because of our digital dracula you don't have to justify why a cyber dracula castle is bad he he wants to hack your blood hack your <laughs> is this a game with like an oppositional GM figure or is this uh I think so. Okay. You know what? I was kind of hoping you were going to say this game has an an adversarial GM because normally I'm like, "Yeah, whatever, adversarial GMs." But I'm like, "Hold up. If I'm a cyber vampire, I would love to be spinning intricate schemes to doom the foolish mortals who have dared enter my halls, right? That's that's some good flavor on that." Yeah, I I'm generally not huge on the like adversarial gm in like just as a boilerplate but like if that's the game like i think that can be really fun where like Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing we're doing like a a more asymmetrical thing uh on that asymmetrical note so if if we're going off kind of a resident evil feel Uh uh-huh uh is this like a Resident Evil 1 or 2 or 7 where you are kind of a pathetic weakling? Or are we are we getting into the 8s, the 4s even, but especially the 5 and 6 where you're kind of an action hero? Like where on that spectrum of tough guy do we want our our player characters to be? I'm not sure. Um I imagine okay. 
So before I answer that, how do y'all feel about like party versus this being a solo RPG? I I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that uh, will inform your question, Lara. Okay. And maybe the other uh, the other distinction I was thinking, too, is is this like a one or two shot game or is this a campaign game? Mm hmm. My my instinct personally is if we want death to be really heavily on the table, we could encourage it to be a shorter game so that <laughs> it's really easy to just you can lose die. this game. Yeah, you can just right. lose. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, cool, roll it up again. Like the uh the thing that I was thinking of too was like a Castlevania where you're yeah. like, okay, you have multiple generations of <laughs> Uh, I don't know, shadow runners who are going into CEO Dracula's cyber tower of like Dracula skyscraper or whatever. Right. And uh, or something like that. Right. We're like, OK, this this Dracula cyber Dracula is going to live forever. So like many people are going to keep coming mm-hmm. and trying to do this and probably dying. But maybe sometimes you get it or you get something and you get out. Or you, you, uh, if we're if we're stealing from Rhapsody of Blood, which is a standalone setting for Legacy Life Among the Ruins, written by Jay Isles, uh, is a game where you can like do a do a Castlevania, fight a Dracula, and then maybe you win and you become the new Dracula. So your player character is now like the big bad for the next group who comes in. Which oh, I that's, love. That's <laughs> nice. so good. It's extremely good. And I could, especially with a cyber Dracula, right? You're like, aha, I have stabbed my sword into the heart of the evil vampire. And then the Dracula virus comes through your cyber sword and infects you, right? Yeah. Perfect. Right. I keep forgetting this is a cyber castle and a digital Dracula. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we were talking about party versus solo. Right. Mm -hmm. I lean more towards party. Like, yeah. I feel like a like the platonic ideal of a dungeon crawl when I envision it in my mind's eye is a party crawling through the the dungeon. Yeah, you got your three to four people. They depend on each other. They work mm-hmm. together. And then suddenly you've lost one wheel on your vehicle and you're like, uh oh, uh. I, I do have this sort of concern about how well a party-based game works with very easy to die as a uh as a as a i don't know essential element because you know right if somebody dies but the other people haven't that's interesting as a narrative for the party as a whole but kind of unfun for the individual player cyber ghosts they come back as cyber ghosts oh they come back as cyber ghosts okay (laughs) that's what i was hoping something like that you do you do you come back on you know your body gets absorbed into the castle yeah i mean it's digital dracula he turns you into vampires right yeah okay because that sounds really fun you're that like does oh sound cool very good yeah now i get to do the fun thing of being the bad guy party and the the thing we were talking about immediately before was uh how strong the the players are Mm-hmm. Right. Or how strong the party as a whole is, I guess. Yeah. Or perhaps even more important, how strong they feel, right? Right. Because like, right. you know, numbers are numbers, but if they uh, if they feel like they're mighty warriors or if they feel like they're pathetic schmucks, it'll affect how this looks. Mm-hmm. 
I'd be tempted to say like turn it up, right? If we're being if we're being Vampire Hunter D and like yeah. the little squad of of cool guys. Was somebody carrying around a big cross in that? In Vampire Hunter D? Yeah. There so there's the the one-wheeled motorcycle where the headlight is like shines a light in the shape of a cross. That's what it was. Yeah. Wow. And people have like, you know, ridiculous multi-shot crossbow fire yeah. stake firing crossbows and stuff i think there also might have been a guy with like a cross face paint tattoo thing yeah that sounds right so that except it's a cyber cross which means it's right. in like neon pink <laughs> that gives me a good idea uh to like mm. look up the the characters in that movie because like there's that the the team of vampire hunters yeah. that aren't uh vampire hunter d yeah because i feel like if you're if you're vampire hunter d you're basically infallible right yeah like, like that dude's uh that dude can just do it all but mm-hmm. like because he's dracula's kid or whatever right and he's been around for a, a billion years and he's got the the hand mouth thing but like for normal humans like they gotta work together to actually do the vampire hunting right you're you're outnumbered or you're not you're not necessarily outnumbered but you are outmatched by mm-hmm. a foe that is extremely scary to you mhm no matter how badass you are right you're not a friggin vampire right unless we make a class that's the half vampire or whatever the half cyber vampire Half cyber vampire, excuse me. You remember what what they call the half vampires in the dub of Bloodlust? No. So for some reason, uh, <laughs> they decided to transliterate uh, Dampier, the traditional half vampire, as Dunpeel. That's right. <laughs> Dunpeel. Dunpeel. Wow, that like activated a memory from like 15 years ago. Don't it? Um, I'm sorting through this wiki to pull up these guys to have an i an idea about the the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, what are y'all thinking for for classes of distinct vampire hunters? Hmm. Um, I wanted to like before we strictly get into classes. Are we in a physical castle, or is this a representation of a digital cyberscape? That's a great question. Hmm. What if yes? <laughs> to it's both? both? <laughs> nice. Yeah, another thing I've been playing is the uh, Atlas RPG uh, Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga. Mm. Which, I guess this is a spoiler, I didn't realize it was a spoiler before <laughs> starting this game because it was uh-huh. the only thing I had ever heard about this game. So that's um, Digital Devil Saga is like SMT game. Uh, one of the ones immediately after Nocturne S- SMT3. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with SMT, it's Persona is probably like the closest similar series. It's like Persona a turn-based. Persona is what is the the mainstreamified version mm-hmm. of 
of those games. So uh, digital and big, horrible, dark games where you're fighting demons and devils and existential threats and God. And if you've you've ever seen if you've ever seen uh, SMT Nocturne, which just got that re-release, uh, Digital Devil Saga is very aesthetically similar to that. But like I was saying about the spoilers, is that it's all in a weird computer land. Mm-hmm. And so how I didn't realize that that was a spoiler is when you start the game the characters don't know they're in a computer. Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting. I'm not done yet with that, so I I don't know how that all unfolds. Mm-hmm. That could be something where, like, maybe you only find it out after the first, uh, the first run through. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you've all died. Don't worry, you're actually still in the internet cafe. <laughs> Or you're in the internet cafe and you're like, you know, drooling vampire thralls. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> presumably Digital Dracula can get you even if you're just jacking in. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Digital Dracula is definitely a very real threat in the meat space, even mm-hmm. if even if they are a fully digital construct. Yeah. Do you do you have any thoughts about uh, about the titular Dracula, by the way? I'm not sure. I I've got vibes of like a cross between uh, a Shodan and a Castlevania Dracula. Mm -hmm. Nice. Basically someone that just has complete mastery over this space and Mm -hmm. is just waiting for you to come bumbling up those big stairs. Right. Into his room for the, for the final boss fight. Nice. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're going for a showdown vibe, maybe there's like a move that the GM has for like, oh, I send down a hologram of myself to like taunt and mm-hmm. mock you guys. We have a little personal relationship. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I know I would love to do that. Yeah, I yeah, definitely something where the where our Dracula GM can just be constantly like, even if not directly just constantly needling at you mocking you and uh and like you know being like oh can you solve my mirror puzzle just a move just a move (laughs) to be to to mock you doesn't do anything other than that beautiful that's all it needs to do that said it'd be great if there was a class that was like hey when you get mocked you get plus one to your next attack because Nuts to that, Dracula. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Some sort of fun reactive move, but that, that but really that's fun. getting into crunch. That's 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 into the weeds. I think we're still we're still figuring out our broad strokes here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picturing I'm picturing in my mind. I'm gonna do some spitballing here, and y'all can just yell at me and stop me if you want. Sure. Uh, I'm what I am picturing in my mind is you know a great big cyber corp tower for I don't know we can call it the Castle Corporation and mm-hmm. they do some kind of pseudo military defense contracting but this castle tower has been uh, long abandoned for reasons unknown um, and that is of course because the digital Dracula has taken it over this this tower uh, is what we are you know 
shadow running into and maybe we each come into this with our own reasons maybe that's part of character creation is to like give ourselves a personal relationship to Mm -hmm. the castle tower and that personal relationship maybe there's money in there but maybe it's something more interesting i don't know and so like a lot of what's going on is kind of this journey up we can have a really nice sort of directionality to it, which mm-hmm. is always good in yeah. cyberpunk in general. And uh, because we are cyber as hell, this thing is riddled with augmented reality features. It is uh-huh. just filled to bursting with holograms, which is what really sort of uh, 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 bridges this sort of meat space, cyberspace divide and lets Dracula appear in a taunting format and then sort of pull away back into the kind of internal cybersphere as we're getting to the Dracula core. The Dracula core. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's where my brain is going. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, the going up the floors and maybe things like, oh, this is a, you know, a combat floor. This is a puzzle floor. Mm -hmm. This is a death trap floor. Something like that where you're like, okay, we're going to, do at least a little bit of, you know, abstracting out. Maybe we don't do every single combat encounter you fight on this whole floor. We just talk about the coolest one. I think that could also be like something for uh like defining how long you want the game to be. Mm-hmm. How many floors are there? Yeah, how many That's floors cool. are there? There are two times the number of players floors by default plus however many you want. Right. Or minus. <laughs> Some of those floors turned out to be illusions. Oh, this floor was just the cafeteria. Everybody get a snack. That's great. Because I feel like we want that sort of playful vibe from our from our cyber Dracula, mm-hmm. right? Is the impression I'm getting. This is yeah. the sort of person who is like, no, I'm basically building a fun murder challenge for you. Yeah, I love it here. People come in and try to get to me and then I get to watch them die. This is great. This is my house. All my employees slash friends are here and we're going to have a fun time watching you guys try to get get up here and probably die. Mm -hmm. And hey, then you'll be absorbed into the ranks of my cyber servitors and uh, that'll be great for you forever. Yeah, you get to be a uh, a boss battle. Mm-hmm. The higher up you get, the more, like, Dracula respect points you gain or something. <laughs> and Dracula respect points turn into cool robot parts for your eventual cyber battle with your, I don't know, husk form? Yeah. Listen, if I can't have a cyber battle with my husk form, what am I even doing here? <laughs> so we are about at our half-hour mark. Do we want to take a uh, a momentary ad break? Uh, I'm down. I'm I'm ready to let the sponsors do their thing. Like I said earlier, my games are all on vforvalencia.itch.io. I do all kinds of weird little stuff. Do you got video games on here? I have some. I have a couple of ones like from a while ago i've been kind of slacking on doing video game stuff i have some projects in the pipeline but nice procrastinating Mm -hmm. my most recent thing is like a guide to 
hacking your own fictional sport into your uh, RPG system of choice. That's so cool. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's called Metasports. Uh, Metasport Games Work. God, my, my dumb titles even trip me up. <laughs> but But yeah, if you want to build your own sport in whatever uh, game system you choose. That is something I have on my page. I actually, it is um, based on me actually doing that, making a sport for a game system, mm-hmm. which was uh, my uh, e- uh, expansion for the tabletop RPG Beam Saber, mm. where I created an entire system for doing like destruction derby mario kart style racing with the giant robots in that game oh that's so good wow this page is really slick too and that one is uh battle for the speed planet a beam saber supply drop and this is kind of a premiere announcement Ooh, on your little show here I'm also working on another one of those uh, meta sports for Beam Saber. This time, um, gonna play baseball with those giant robots. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mecha yeah, League Baseball. Will. For when your anime needs its baseball episode. Yeah, Mecha League Baseball is the thing I'm currently working on. Should be hearing stuff about that in a couple weeks, I think, as I get around to it. But yeah, that's. That that is my things, my things that you can go buy and support me and my game making. Well, if you want to have a really meta meta league sport, uh, we can have our our beautiful listeners design us a sport to be played while you are climbing Dracula's <laughs> castle. <laughs> Oh man, Dracula Ball is the most popular uh, game in the whole cyberpunk hellscape, uh, but you can only play it at the top of Cyber Cyber Castle Digital Dracula, which is why it's a blood sport. <laughs> you really delivered that with a great amount of joy. I did. I feel joy thinking about it. <sighs> I also like the idea that by the time you get to the top of the castle, like you only maybe have two people. So the, the blood sport is just catch in digital Dracula's lair. That's it. That's all you're getting. You're not getting oh. a team up here past the cyber wolves. Mm-hmm. Digit ghosts. So speaking of our, of our characters getting up to the top of the castle, the thing I was thinking was like, okay, by that point, they're going to be like, are they wounded? Have they been like, forced to replace their missing arm with a suit of armor arm from the castle like how are we how are we handling getting hurt you know because usually my default is to say we're gonna do the masks or apocalypse keys route where you take damage to your emotions and Mm -hmm. then that's how you get hurt but this this one really specifically feels like your meat is gonna be important yeah there's something really uh compelling about Hey, every time you get hurt, you replace a part of yourself with a digit part mm-hmm. with some sort of cyber nonsense. And uh, yes, if you're out, then you're out. Yeah, I mean, that also makes sense, given you're replacing your parts with stuff in Dracula's house. So if you've replaced everything, you've just made you've just made 
something out of out of Dracula's house. That's his mm-hmm. stuff. That's his. That's yeah. his stuff. You've turned yourself into the next boss for him. He doesn't even have to do any work at that point. He just has to flip your your identify friend or foe meter to be on his side. Yeah. So like, damage is not actually affecting your like capabilities. It's just how how much has Dracula gotten uh, gotten his little Dracula hands on you? Is That's it possible beautiful. that damage even improves your capabilities? Oh, I, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. Cause you know, you fight the you fight the cool cyber demon and then you're like, okay, sick. Well, I did get super hurt, but I'm definitely going to graft your cyber wings onto my back now. Uh I mean, the thing that is coming to mind for me is uh Fate of Cthulhu, uh by oh. among other people, me. Uh, hey. Where you're fighting eldritch monsters, and uh, as you get like corrupted by their influence, you develop eldritch superpowers. Um, but at the same time, because it is a fate-based game, that shit can be compelled to make your life harder, while simultaneously giving you the tools to be better at handling the trouble it causes for you. Mm-hmm. I love that because maybe there can even be moments where you know one of one of the Dracula uh, players' moves could be like turn someone's augmented body part against them right oh yeah do we have an idea for what like mechanical framework this game has are are we gonna be are we gonna be stealing apocalypse world are we gonna be powering ourselves by the apocalypse or building up something fresh i don't know i could i could do with a little more crunch than like apocalypse world like more numbers of health and damage Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not certain. Are there any any die rolling systems or anything that you're like, I want that one? None that come to mind immediately. Like mm-hmm. I was saying at the at the top, I'm not super familiar with dungeon crawly things, so I don't have a system in mind that would be good for dungeon crawly. This is one of those times when it would be good if I actually knew Trophy, because it feels like this could actually be a Trophy Dark hack, because that's also a game about basically being doomed as you slowly circle the drain towards your own inevitable but very, you know, beautiful and tragic demise. I don't think I actually know it well enough to just spin it off the top of my head, though. Well, you know it better than I do, so (laughs) I certainly can't contribute. Personally, I don't. I don't hate it as a fate game. I like fate. I I think it could work for this. Um, it is not incredibly crunchy compared to say your paths finder, your your dragon games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have slightly more kind of mechanical, I don't know, mechanicalness than uh, Apocalypse World tends to, and you can do some really nice uh um you can do some really nice dungeon generation in it. Mm. All right. And that is a system you have a lot of expertise in, which would be useful. Yeah, I have a tremendous amount of expertise, which is part of the reason why I am uh, throwing it out there because I could like, I can, if it's a fake game, I can see how it is, uh, how it is constructed. Um, And it is, it would be something like fate of Cthulhu in, in, in that way, or, uh, shades of oh god wait i need to find it give me a second <laughs> it's down here somewhere yeah uprising 
uh, Fate's big attempt at uh, dystopian universe role-playing game, the kind of cyberpunk Paris, um, which wasn't so much a dungeon crawler, but it did have a really nice kind of mechanical system for uh, uh, watching a revolution uh, in progress as it succeeds or fails. The good kind of campaign-length hey, we're improving our situation as the rebels, but also the authority figures are improving their bulwarks against us. Whoa. Which honestly seems like it could translate pretty well mm -hmm. into, hey, yeah. we're getting some skills as a group, but also Cyber Dracula's working real hard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not that familiar with Fate. What is the most basic, like, resolution mechanic? Like, what do you do when you when you try and do something when you try and hit the the cyber vampire uh most basic resolution is that you will have uh what are called fate dice um that uh have a plus a minus and a blank side um and then another one of those <laughs> yeah uh you roll four of those you'll end up with a number between negative four and positive four and you'll add those to whatever your skill is versus either a difficulty set by the gm Mm -hmm. Or an opposed role by, you know, whoever you're working against. Uh, and the kind of most defining feature of Fate is aspects, which are just sort of little narrative descriptive facts about your character. Uh, and you have a, a small pool of Fate points, which if you spend one of those and say, hey, because my character has aspect X, I should be better at this than this role indicates... Uh, then you can either get a, a plus two to that roll or you can re-roll that roll, making you better at the things you want to be better at, with the caveat that the GM can, at any point, just for the hell of it, give you a fate point and say, hey, I think because of that aspect you were talking about, that you should fuck up in this cool way. Um, and you can either accept that fate point and bad things happen, or not accept it and bad things don't. So if your character is, like, bloodthirsty or mm -hmm. something, they're like, by the way, sometimes you are too bloodthirsty. You need to go drink this blood fountain. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the fundamental basics of fate. It's it's fate as a, as a kind of a basic framework is uh, pretty simple. It's extremely adaptable. It's super hackable. Mm -hmm. um, and... There are a lot of kind of potentially inspirational uses. And I feel like something, a, a milieu that mixes the sort of campaign progression of Uprising with the um, um, mutations, although this would be more cyber augmentations, uh -huh. of Fate of Cthulhu. Uh, with, in, in which case, like, when you get corrupted, your aspects change to reflect that because you are no longer former barista or whatever. You are now dude with tentacle arms. Um, audience at home, I was doing air quotes for both of those to indicate they were aspects. I really hope uh -huh, you heard uh -huh. that in the tone of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think some sort of combination of that could get us into this sort of, uh, dangerous cyber dungeon crawl feel. And I guess the nice part is you can always add more crunch, right? Uh -huh. You can always add more crunch. Even if you're taking it from only a medium crunchy start, you can be like, you know what? I want location-based damage to be really important. Let me make a little thing See, for that. See, the thing that I was thinking of was that, like, the entirety of the health would just be, like, your 
location-based damage body parts. Mm, yeah. Like you have six body parts, uh, head, torso, each arm and leg. Mm-hmm. And like each time you take damage, those are the things you have to think about replacing with the cyber parts. Right. Or you could even do, because I was thinking about something like that myself, and then I was like, what if you just said you just get five? And so if you're like, or you get however many, and you're like, okay, well, for me, it's like left eye, kidney, spine, mm-hmm. you know, like I have different uh, different replacement parts than you do, so it's not everybody's getting a cool arm every single mm-hmm, time. Yeah. As much as everyone will still want to get a cool arm, you know, but you don't want to feel obligated to. So yeah, some with like, characters have like the our baseline being characters having five health points Mm -hmm. makes me think that like these numbers are pretty low but like the low numbers still hurt a lot yeah i like that when you're like okay i've gotten hit for one but like ow that one was my hand so do we want to talk about like what's on the character sheet since we're already talking about like health and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, Lara, what does a what is a fake character sheet generally look like? Uh primarily you've got your aspects, you have a a list of skills, um that, you know, the things you are good at. Um you have stunts which are kind of unique powers that you have. Not necessarily 100% unique, but they're like special. They're not things that everybody can do. Uh, something like, hey, if you are shooting a target who doesn't know you're shooting at them, you get plus two to that shot, you sneaky bastard. Um, and then there is stress uh, and consequences, which are how fate uh, generally handles getting hurt and getting better. Uh, but we don't need to worry about that if we're going to do cyber replacements mm-hmm. as health. And uh, stunts can also be kind of, instead of just like a generic list of feats or entirely player created, they can be uh, a, I was going to call it a class marker. That's not quite the word I was looking for. <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but like stunts can be associated with a given class. Right. Um, you know, you are the cyber swordsman therefore you have a cool cyber sword stunt okay and are aspects generally more player created oh uh, yeah aspects are almost exclusively player created okay because i think you you sort of are some of them your background and then some of them are something else different games handle it in different ways but uh uh the most general for fate core most recent uh use of fate is you have one that is your high concept. That's your kind of big, ooh, if you're introducing this character, what do you call them? Uh, one that is your trouble. Here is a thing that that you really want people to screw you over with. Uh, and then three more that are just, they're, they're whatever you want them to be. And usually it's encouraged that they kind of are constructed uh, along with the other players so that they have some kind of, you know, meshing together. Uh, but different Different places do it differently. Sometimes you have one that is a mandatory relationship aspect or one that is, hey, this is your weapon of choice and things of that nature. Ooh, we should do it that Dracula gets to give you one. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is not a bad idea. Yeah, I was thinking about an intro, a trouble, relationships with each of your party members, and then Dracula gives you one. All right. That's fun. 
Oh, that makes that makes me happy immediately. I've I have not seen that done before. The the antagonist GM gives you an aspect and you just have to deal with it. They're like, by the way, you are haunted by the ghost of your former lover. Well, uh, beans again. <laughs> <laughs> so skills, what do you, how do those work? I mean, skills work in kind of the way they would work just about anywhere. You have a list of uh, verbs. <laughs> okay. And, and they are rated between zero and four. Um, so stats. Yeah, the, no, there's no stats. Uh, there is just skills. Um, Does every everyone have the same skills or everyone have different skills? Uh, by and large, everyone has the same skills. The only place like the only instance I can think of where they have like literally different skills is in Dresden Files Accelerated where certain classes can get a new skill. And in that game, they're called approaches, um, which is just the kind of magic they have available. If you are a winter fae, you have a skill, you have access to a skill that is called winter, that is for Mm -hmm. doing winter magic, for instance. But by and large, it's, you know, everyone has the same skill list and can um, pick and choose as they wish. I imagine for this game, you can have a pretty tight skill list. You know, you're not going to need any, like, drive or science biology or anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, in in um, the accelerated kind of subsystem of fate, your skills are that the approaches are all adjectives, you know? Do you handle things forcefully? Do you handle things sneakily, quickly, etc.? Um, and that is just six, but, you know... There have been variations where you have a list of like five, you know, archetypes that you exemplify or four movie genres that you sort of emulate in your actions. <laughs> and all of these are perfectly functional or like the bug standard is like 19 or so different verbs. Mm-hmm. That 19 seems a lot. That is a yeah. lot. I mean, I, I think it's not a terrible idea to go off of like the kind of. The archetype system, this is sort of a heist, so you could mm-hmm. say everyone has their hitter, hacker, grifter, thief, and mastermind, and that's their skill list. Are you sneaky? Are you hacky? Are you good at punch? Etc. I did just steal that from... Uh, Leverage. Leverage, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, my immediate thought is, I don't know how much separation for our purposes we would need between like hacker and grifter fair point if everything here is kind of a digigost Uh uh-huh right so in in me looking at uh vampire hunter d characters and thinking about what goes on in there my my main thoughts were like the the archetypes there were like big of physical strength and abilities guy guy with weird powers mm-hmm. and guy that is sneaky and is able to outmaneuver the horrible horrible monsters mm-hmm. that seems like hitter hacker and thief right there mm-hmm. do y'all think like there is anything missing from like that set of skills oh hey Sorry, just throwing out a thought. What if your um, location-based health damage is actually a skill-based health damage? 
Oh. So like when you have taken a hit, you have to replace a part with a cyber part and you have to pick, okay, which of my skills does this actually augment? I guess my arm has been turned into an armored arm, so I'm a better hitter now? Hmm. Or my kidneys have been replaced by ghost kidneys, which really just improves my thieving for reasons I don't need to explain. <laughs> uh-huh. As we all understand, thieving is stored in the kidneys. Uh-huh. That could be that could be nice and elegant. I would like that. Okay. I still would like some kind of like separate tracker from skills with the health so like you know how close you are to Dracula taking you over. Mm. Right. Oh, maybe what it is is you uh you do the replacement but the the way that you're getting better every time is you just add one to one of your skills to represent okay i've got this this uh demon arm now and now that's making me a better hacker because it has usb interface tentacles mm-hmm. <laughs> as demons do yeah i like the sound of that because that would be a very nice way to just be like ah i'm i'm literally mechanically getting significantly stronger Getting significantly stronger, but significantly closer to being killed. Mm-hmm. Which is a fun trade-off. Oh, do we want to talk about uh, about turning into a bad guy on the Dracula side real quick? Yeah. So, I think we need to talk about how and when the the GM Dracula is allowed to do things. Yeah. Uh, what is, what would be the basis for that in Fate? I mean, in Fate, the GM has GM powers, uh, where the major, like, limiting factor beyond don't be a jerk to your players is mm-hmm. if you want to do something extreme, you have to kind of justify it as a compel on an aspect. What is the aspect that they have that is causing them trouble? And they get a Fate point if you are compelling it. But... On the whole, like, GM power in Fate is pretty, um, pretty, pretty reliant on nobody being a bad faith actor here. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if that will naturally mesh with, um, an explicitly adversarial opponent. Right. Without adding something more to it. I was thinking, like, some, like some uh sort of like gm move set that they have Mm -hmm. like they also have uh skills and uh moves that they can employ yeah that would be really fun and maybe you could have something like i feel like i would love as a dracula player to have my own little tokens like oh every time that a player succeeds at a role the Dracula player gets a token and I'm just building up a little pile of them in front of me and then I can spend them whenever I want to do my different moves or something. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And maybe I have like, oh, you this this type of move, you know, introduce a new monster to the scene is one token and then like separate a player from their friends is three tokens and like reveal a horrifying truth that changes everything is five tokens, right? Mm-hmm. So like... Just a big list of moves. Mm-hmm. And every time so every time a how did how does every just every time a player succeeds, they get a token 
How does that sound? Yeah. I like that. I think that sounds that sounds pretty wild. I'm super into this. Because then you just get that additional delicious little tension of like, all right, I can boost my roll and give it a plus two. I will be giving Dracula a token, though, if I win. But if I don't, I am going to lose my leg and have to replace it with a hover platform, which mm-hmm. will make me more thief-like. And yeah, you'd the the more that you are, you know, you basically will be it'll be difficult for you to fail rolls once you're close to the end of the game because you're like, oh, my God, I have so many pluses to everything. I'm too good at this. I'm just feeding Dracula tokens mm-hmm. constantly. Oh, that sounds wild. That's a really interesting uh, uh, kind of push pull there. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds doable. I'm also thinking um, in order for for like the Dracula player to like be using these moves and these moves being meaningful for them what the what the like play structure is is like uh Dracula has set up a room and like once that room is set up like Dracula can't really like change the the pieces that are there without mm-hmm. using a move that's so fun yeah that works could even give Dracula kind of a D&D 4E style room budget. Oh, that would be very satisfying. Yeah, like, and over here is where I'll place my swinging cyber pendulum. What would be the currency, not necessarily like literal, literal currency or like meta game currency that would that would be that room budget? Does it make sense for it to like Dracula start out with an amount of tokens. That's not about it. Dracula starts off with 10 tokens just mm-hmm. for being Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, that's interesting. They could have like, you have these tokens, you can spend them to make this room really, uh, really awful. Or you can hold on to them for flexibility to do moves while folks are in the room. Mm-hmm. And I could even see like... Oh, you know, if if you're like, oh, this this is the cafeteria floor where there's like a nice fountain and like a, a friendly suit of armor that gives you all hamburgers or something. Right. And and chicken from the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, then like maybe that only, you know, that like gains Dracula a couple tokens because they were nice for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you get your your boss fountain right before the boss. Right. Like, OK, hold up. I need to stock up on tokens. I need to give you all some. <laughs> OK. Every new floor of Castle Core. Dracula gains tokens equal to the number of the floor. So, like, you go up to the second floor, Dracula gets two tokens just right then. You're up on the tenth floor, Dracula gets ten tokens. So if you're just like, oh, hey, here's the cafeteria floor, it costs Dracula nothing, but on the next floor, he's he, dude's banking his tokens, he's gonna gruffle them down, with and, and, and then he's gonna throw, um, I don't know, spook, spooky, spooky things, spooky things. Yeah. Spooky cyber ghost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he gets one spooky hologram appearance for free per floor. And after that, it's a token each. Yeah. <laughs> I love that to re-show up and taunt them more. <laughs> mm. yeah, if I were Dracula, I would be throwing tokens down that well. I know it's not the most wise use. But you're Dracula. What do you care? You're too proud. Kind almost like that one tweet. I'm at your baby mama's crib throwing M&M's at your kid's head full speed. 
but Dracula in his own crib throwing tokens at the player's head full speed. The real, you make sure not to commit the amateur mistake of using M&Ms as your tokens or else your Dracula player will eat them. Yeah, that's an entirely different item on the big list and we haven't oh gotten Oh my god, there you're yet. right. Oh, well, now we need it. Okay, yeah. All right, this is going to be ideas for when we eventually roll the game that uses M&M-based mechanics. Mm-hmm. We're going to need an eight for that. I've memorized the list. Um, so this is about the point where we need to start thinking about wrapping up our discussion. Is there anything else we want to nail down? It feels pretty good to me. Yeah, I think, like, what this what this needs is, like, like an actual list of moves for Mm -hmm. dracula especially right maybe the uh like class specific stunts Mm -hmm. um the uh a little bit of structure for floor building Mm -hmm. um hopefully those are the fun part though yeah that all sounds like all right hell yeah Give, let's give Dracula a super where he spends eight tokens to do this cool thing. Those are the big things I'm thinking of. Dracula move, like just lists of moves and lists of uh, room structure. Mm-hmm. The, the crunchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But as far as our kind of big pie in the sky ideas go, like if someone told, told me that, hey, they're running a game of Cyber Castle Digital Dracula, a vaguely fate-based cyber attack on an adversarial GM figure who gets to taunt me every floor. I'm in. I'm super in. Sign me up. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, you can put werewolf parts into your body. I love transitioning into other things. There with bells on. Oh, oh, okay. Here's what it is. Uh... When you die and get turned into a cyber servitor of digital mm-hmm. Dracula, mm-hmm. you then get placed into a boss room somewhere, and the player gets to z- design their own boss room. Okay, yeah. Oh, dip, yeah, okay. They're like, okay, guys, check this out, right? I'm on top of, like, this windy, like, broken-out cathedral with the stained glass is all destroyed, and there's, like, a void howling through it. I'm floating in the air. I've got six wings. Like, oh, yeah. Remember how earlier I got that demon arm? Now it's growing up onto my chest. You can see a big pulsating eye over my heart. That's my secret weak spot. I'm super. That's it. That That is our secret sauce. Make uh, your own boss room. You're like, I've got ads. Yeah, I spent I spent some points on ads. So now I can get like zombies will be coming out of the coffins on the side of the room. How do how do the dead players get uh their tokens for spending stuff? Maybe Dracula can just give it to you. Yeah. Dracula just gives you an alliance. Dracula shares you some tokens. <laughs> I mean, maybe you start with a few based on based on how strong you were, right? Yeah. Yeah. However many you add up all of your all of your skill points, and then that's how many tokens you get to start. And then Dracula can give you more just for just for funsies. <laughs> you go, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Dracula. Can I get I need to I need to make a uh, I need to make a pit trap full of like ghost souls. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> One point. How about something where, like, for every monster you, you've you killed so far, you get a, a token in that eventual boss room? 
Like Ooh, that could work. Something uh something that represents how well you've actually done in the game uh thus far. Yeah. You're taking little taking little trophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so on the character uh on the character sheet, there's a little section for for kill count. And if you don't die, it's look how cool of a of a monster hunter you are. Bragging rights. If you do, then that is like your resource pool. Nice. Nice. Right. Oh, and I guess the one thing that you could really bolt onto this if you wanted to do a lot more work uh, would be like a legacy system, right? Where you're like, okay, what do we do for the next generation? Can I leave my sacred spear for my descendant who comes in after me? Can I like escape the castle with a bag full of Dracula's gold and then, you know, spend that to upgrade our base or whatever? Uh, Slightly outside the purview of this podcast, but that Mm -hmm. sort of shit would be really fun. (laughs) We'll deal with that after we've assigned Dracula moves. That's that's yeah, future yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm excited. I'm excited about this, but I'm also I'm also sleepy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we should uh, roll on into the outro. Hey, let's do it. Did you know this has been unplay tested? Did you know you can find us at unplaytested.com where you can submit ludicrous ideas for the big list? You can follow us on Twitter at at unplaytested, or I guess you can message us and be like, hey, you want to do a reverse unplaytested? Yeah. And this one we got some time to think about first. Uh, I think you should just spring it on us on the show. Like, (laughs) it's not going to be this smooth and good, um, but that will make it better. Smooth and good is not exactly our brand. It's overrated. Yeah. You really want a, a horrible, janky game from us. Uh, so <laughs> feel free to either tell us beforehand or not if you want to do a this ideal muster over. Uh, if you want to see the games we make here played, they're going to go up at twitch.tv slash unplaytested. We're going to get them to go up the week after the episode drops, so you can check the schedule there. Or get the games yourself at unplaytested.itch.io. If you play one of these things, we would love to hear about it, and uh, you can tell us what cool weird arm you got. This is made possible with the support of our patrons. Join the Unplaytreon at patreon.com slash unplaytested. Unplaytrons make the magic happen. Thanks to Abducted by Sharks for our music, Bring Forth My Armor. I'm Alex. And and I'm Lara. Is that my cue? (laughs) that is your cue yeah i i'm lucas (laughs) thank you so much for coming on lucas this was an absolute blast and remember time is an illusion and And so so is is death death. (laughs) (gasps) all right That will definitely work perfectly and uh, have no flaws. And if it does, uh, only editing me will be able to find those out. So, And editing Alex is the enemy of all of us. <laughs> you might want to scoot a little closer to the mic, Lara. You were a little quiet there. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear your beautiful voice. Nah.